Working Interferences is intended for mature audiences. Since the hosts never grew up, someone needs to be the adult. Welcome to Working Interferences with Josh and Lance, the dental advice podcast for the average dentist. Here is Josh and Lance. Bruz, what is up? Welcome to the Working Interferences Podcast. I am Joshua Austin. And I am Lance Timmerman. Lance, what is up? I don't know. Same old, same old. I am in... You are sunny Beaumont? I am the bustling metropolis. Is that what we're going to call it? Of Beaumont, Texas. Well, all right then. What brings you to beautiful Beaumont? I'm doing something for the AGD there tomorrow, uh, or here, I guess, tomorrow. All right. So that'll be fun. Well, very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, way more exciting than me. I'm still in rainy Seattle uh, under the cover of clouds and uh, getting depressed uh, every every doggone day. So There's two restaurants that I can see from my hotel window. I'm going to let you take a guess and see if you can <laughs> guess what those two restaurants are. They should both be restaurant chains that you know. Okay, let's go with uh, Waffle House. Oh, ding, 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 ding. First one is right. <laughs> okay. Good call. One <laughs> for one. Can you guess a second? Uh, I can give uh, you a hint if you want. Okay, give me a hint. Think about a restaurant chain that also has just a delightful little shop in the uh, vestibule area that sells all sorts of... Oh, maybe a Cracker Barrel? That's exactly right. We've got a Cracker Barrel (laughs) and we've got a Waffle House. I'll be damned. So it's exactly what you would think Beaumont, Texas is. Okay, awesome. Nice. I'm, I can't tell you how jealous I am. And what I mean is I'm not jealous at all. Yeah. You're going to get to go tomorrow. <laughs> We're recording this like late on a Thursday night. We're going to release uh-huh. this tomorrow just to let you people behind the curtains. So I'm going to try not to curse much, much because that means less editing for Lance because <laughs> he's going to try to quick turn around this thing. That's right. You get to, to go tomorrow and meet two of our good friends, um, Aaron Elliott and Justin Moody at the Implant Pathway. I do. I do. I'm actually really excited for this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, you place implants already, though, don't you? I do. I do. I, um, I'm just a CE junkie. I, I'm sure you know how it is. You know, you, you get on that path to AGD mastership, and you just enjoy learning more. So I, I'm assuming some of it's going to be redundant, but at the same time, I'll be damned if I don't walk away with a nugget of a few other things that you start thinking of other cases going, oh, shit, I wish I would have known that then. Right. So... That's awesome. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm jealous. I wish I was there with you guys. That that, that those are some real uh, solid folks up there and uh, friends of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. If I was there, we could have done a really nice four way um, <laughs> with uh, with Moody and some Fireball and Aaron Elliott, and it, it would have been a good time. It, it sure would have been. It would have been a really good time. I'm going to do something a little different today, Lance. And and before we get okay. into it. Um, I just want to remind all our listeners that this is an advice show, and yes. uh, we are here to help our listeners um, and and uh, answer their questions. Now, so in order to do that, we need our listeners' questions. We've had some great ones. I, I, our last episode with uh, just the fabulous Dr. Tara Harden, uh, we had a great question uh, about Denise, the dental assistant who kept getting <laughs> called Sasha and Malia. And we've just yep. got a ton of feedback on that. And those are the questions. That, that's what makes or breaks the episode, right, Lance? Absolutely. So get us your questions, listeners. We need them. They are the sustenance we crave. You can email us those questions at workinginterferences at gmail.com. Um, 
We really need good questions. We don't want just any question, do we, Lance? Fuck no. That's that's one that you that you did that to yourself on that edit. That's okay. I, I don't yeah, feel yeah. as bad about that one. That's not me <laughs> keeping you up any later. That's right. <laughs> we don't want questions about what's the bite the best bite registration material. We all know that's Aluax. Uh, we want the <laughs> questions that Gordon Christensen can't answer. Um, so, Lance, are you ready for our first question? Now, now, normally I send Lance, oh, I don't know, 35 seconds before we record um, a <laughs> list of the questions. And I didn't do that this week because I'm going to spring a question on Lance. I'm a listener of the podcast, and I have a question. Okay. So I think this is a first. This is uh, this is like, uh, is incestuous the right word? <laughs> you know, I, I think it is. Okay. I think it is, yeah. So I like it. All right, good. <laughs> I've had a tough week, Lance. I'm, you ever have one of those weeks where just like you feel like everything you like it just everything fails, right? Like yeah. just mm-hmm. one of those pile up weeks, and that's kind of the week that I've had. And it, it started. It kind of started yesterday, really, and, and I, it's been a tough week. And I can't really name any particular thing up until yesterday. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, I was like delivering an implant crown on number nine, where I've like done the whole like temporary thing and shaped the tissue and all that and it was a, supposed to be a temporary crown on on nine and a veneer on eight and it was a nice oh. veneer prep and mm-hmm. the the crown went on great but the veneer just didn't fit right and and it fit okay when the crown the implant crown wasn't in so then i tried adjusting contacts and then ended up with a diastema and it still didn't really fit right and so it just didn't mm. you know there's something was off and so i went right. ahead and put in the implant crown and re-impress and, and told the ceramist, like, hey, I think this is going to make your life easier when you have, you know, this solid implant crown over here that's already done. Now you can build a veneer that's really going to, you know, where you don't have any moving parts, right? Like, it's right, all, right. So, so that kind of shook my confidence. Not, I mean, a little, but not a ton. And then I look at the schedule for the next day, which is just a bad idea, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I, I try not to look too far in advance because just, it just depresses me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I see at the end of the day, I see um, this this guy at the end of the day named Derek, and he's kind of a strange guy. And I just delivered like two um, Zircad crowns on him. Zircad is like the new um, Ivoclar, like sort of okay, pretty zirconia, you know that kind of deal. Right, right. And it was like one on each side. And it was no big deal, but like one, like the left side needed to be adjusted a little bit more than the right. And he just kind of got it in his mind that something was screwed up on that side. And so he calls back apparently and speaks to one hmm. of my front desk people and says, you know, hey, I can't chew on that side and I'm very upset. And so, you know, I'm kind of trained him to write what they say or write, you know, like type what the patient says. And like just that, like him being very upset about like his bite feeling off or whatever, like it just flipping pissed me off. Like, yeah, yeah. It just set me off. And then and then this. So I'm kind of in a bad mood sort of throughout the night and, and then get to the office in the morning and I see another emergency at it Two actually two other ones. One was like deep. I had done like a deep MO composite on, on, on number 15 or something a few weeks ago. And it's like, it's sensitive, you know, and it's like, it was a deep composite. Like it was up against the pulp and it's like, it's sensitive. And it was just like any other day, it probably wouldn't have bothered me, but like this day it bothered me. And then an Invisalign button that I had just put on came off, which at the end of the day, like (laughs) isn't all that big of a deal, but you just combined all that together. And to quote our nation's greatest president, Jimmy Carter, (laughs) <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm having a, a, a crisis of confidence. Okay. 
So talk me off the ledge, Lance, because I, I kind of tirated this morning um, and really throughout the day. <laughs> okay. And my office manager kind of called me out and was like, hey, get, like, get your shit together. Um, and I sort of kind of in front of everybody said, F it, none of it matters. Everything fails anyway. Who gives an S? Like that kind of <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and just like yeah. stormed off. Yeah. You ever had one of those days? And if so, how did you get through it? How do you, how do you get that mojo back? Yeah. You know, I what's really awesome about social media is uh, prior to it, you just felt lonely. Uh, you thought you were the only one that sucked and everybody else has these because we only post on the Internet our, our successes. We well, that's what I was about to get to about how social media <laughs> didn't help, because this morning I pull up the old Instagram and, and guess what's like the first photo I see. Beautiful teeth. It's our good friend Stephanie Zeller, who's a freaking prosthodontist with Greg Kenzer. Yeah. And she posted this freaking amazing case with this beautiful finish line. And the tissues are awesome. I mean, and, she... and the photography's freaking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, why even try? Because I can't do that. <laughs> like, literally. I mean, that's literally like, I can't do that. So why even try? Yeah. Well, it's, I think it's good to aspire to something that is worthwhile. Um, I, I recently. Actually, it was Stephanie who got me thinking. I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been doing a lot of Instagram in the past week and a half. I've noticed. Uh, I didn't do pretty much anything at all prior, but she, when she was at Voices of Dentistry, great meeting, and uh, she was up there just kind of talking about how Instagram really had helped her practice and, and all the different benefits to doing Instagram. And as I'm sorting through different cases to share, and of course, I'm learning halfway through, I'm like, oh, I need to put my logo on these to kind of act, act as a watermark. So I'm reposting similar photos because so I can delete the other ones. So I have the watermark on there. Um, but I'm I'm looking through some of the cases, going. It was a really it was it was a successful case because the patient was happy. We did our best. Sometimes you're given a case where you know there's there's I did share one case today where the guy is missing a tooth. The midline was off by a, you know a tooth and a half, and implant was placed in number ten, but it's really in number nine's position, and so it's just not good. So perfection was not a goal. We just had to accept I can't do perfect because you're you're missing teeth and all that. And they weren't willing to do the ortho and everything it would require to go for perfection. But I had plenty of cases where I'm like, I'm not posting that. That's that's not that's not good enough for Instagram. And so, you know, you, you always have to remember the stuff that you see on social media is only the stuff that we want you to see and not all the other stuff that we've done, too, that is clinically acceptable and the patient's happy and stuff like that. But it's certainly not something I want to share. And so when I have days, when I have days like you have or weeks like you've had today, uh, sometimes, I mean, God damn it, sometimes it's, it's, it's the timing. You know, if I had that one event, but the rest of the week was awesome, I really wouldn't get to me that much. Wouldn't be a big deal. But the timing of it happening, you know, of course that button on the Invisalign was going to fall off because the other guys had that that deep filling that just hurt and still hurts. So it is the timing of it. The best the best thing to do is is try to support your surround yourself with the the things that are are positive and uplifting. If that's your your dogs, you know, you go home and 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 snuggle with them a little bit. If it's your family, you go hang out with your family. Um, if it's listening to some music and uh, styles of music that are that help focus you or, or ground you, then you go with that. I'll, I'll tell you what I did. Okay. I got in the car to drive five and a half hours to Godforsaken <laughs> Beaumont, Texas. Started getting drowsy about halfway, so I did what any sane person would do. I pulled off at a truck stop 
paid a of trucker course. named Wayne $10 for an Adderall tablet, crushed it up, and <laughs> snorted it off the hood of my car. Oh, God, if I had a nickel. <laughs> it seemed like a good thing to do at the time. <laughs> story of my life. <laughs> I, I, should, I should really correct some, some factual inaccuracies about that story. I snorted okay. half of it. I took the other half orally. You know, because you got to tighter the dose a little bit. Well, at least he didn't do it like a suppository. And his, and his name was Dave, not Wayne, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does. It's it's interesting how things like that seem to come in bunches, right? Like, yeah, you know, like sometimes I'll go for a while without having any sensitivity. And then I'll have like two or three in a row, you know, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. I don't know what it is. Right. You know, it's it's sort of Murphy's Law-ish, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm, when you look at, like, you know, I'm kind of a, like, that's, I'm sort of an analytics kind of guy. That's why I like baseball so much is, is because of analytics. And and so you look at, there's, there's in, in baseball analytics, there's something called cluster luck, where you look at, like, where, where <clears> a team just kind of gets hot at the right time, and they're getting base hits, like, at the right times. And there's, right, they, they just yeah. call that cluster luck, and they can actually measure some of that. And so I think it's so if there's such thing as cluster luck, there's certainly something called cluster unluck, which leads to the dental cluster fuck, right? Sorry, I just made right. you one to edit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting good at the edits now, so it's it's all fine. <laughs> but it, it just seems like dentistry and I've said this before, and I don't know if uh-huh. I've ever said it on microphone, but dentistry is like the cruelest mistress of all because once you think you kind of have an idea about what's happening like and and that you got kind of things under control like it definitely like just slaps you right in the face yeah and i don't well, know if you've it? experienced that in your career oh for, all the time it's all it's so cyclic it, it the it goes in waves i'll have one time i'll be damned if i didn't uh have just a whole bunch of cosmetic consults all in a row everybody's accepting my uh you know $20,000 treatment plans. And, you know, in one, in two days, I have like five yeses. And I'm like, holy shit, we've turned a corner. We're, 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 we're riding high. Everything's great. And then you, you look back, uh, like a couple days later, you find out nobody got approved for financing. Only one person came through. Uh, so you think you're going to be doing all this beautiful work and you end up only doing one, uh, which still is better than zero. But yeah, you, you, you think you're doing great. And then yeah, reality slaps you right back into into normal. I, I mentioned Jimmy Carter a second ago, and I, I'm just kind of thinking I was very young during the Carter administration. I.e., like I was born in '79. Okay, you would have been what seven or eight, maybe during that kind of crisis of confidence time. I was, I was, uh, see, I was born in '70, so I was about nine when. No. So do do you have memories of like the gas shortages and all that kind of stuff? I do. I remember sitting in line for a while. That seems crazy. Could you imagine now? Like I think Yeah. I, I think, you know, back then like it was like, oh well, if your license plate ends in a nine or whatever, like your day to get gas is Tuesday or whatever it is and you go wait in line or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I think there'd be rioting now. Oh I yeah, I couldn't imagine the reaction people would have today. So, you know, when, when I'm thinking it was around when Harvey hit, maybe right after Harvey, you know, Harvey hit Houston really hard. Yeah. And and I guess there's a lot of, of oil and gas production that happens around here that petroleum comes in from God, offshore or I don't know, Saudi Arabia or wherever. And I guess okay. like the, the turning of that oil into gasoline happens in this area. And a lot of those, those factories were knocked out. And so there was a time period around after Harvey, we're literally like 
almost all the gas stations in San Antonio were out of gas. And it was like, it was kind of almost full on panic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just want, and, and you know, you like, you'd watch the news or listen to the, the people who sort of were in leadership and they would say like, there's not a gas shortage. Like it's fine. But like there was such a run on gas that it would use, like if everybody goes to get gas, like it takes away all the gas from the stations and then there's no oh, more, right? Sure. Yeah. Until their next delivery. And so it, it caused like this mini kind of panic in South Texas. I think sort of from Austin to Houston to, to, you know, all the Southern parts of Texas. And I just wonder like what it would be like if there was really a gas shortage and and just I, I have the feeling like it wouldn't take more than a couple of days for this whole thing to just like all of what we know is society to oh just turn yeah. into like full on Walking Dead. Yeah, Lord of the Flies, Walking Dead, the whole thing just goes to shit. Oh man, I, I can't. I really can't imagine like today what that would have been like. So thankfully, yeah. you got to you got to deal with it before. Uh, you know, like, thankfully, you got it out of the way. We don't have to deal with it anymore, hopefully. And and if <laughs> right. Elon Musk has his way, we'll never have to deal with that again. We'll be driving off of the power of the sun and <laughs> right. Lance's farts. I don't know. So on to our second question. And we got a, a real second question today. This isn't me, like, asking Lance what it's like to, you know, have a five-inch penis or anything. <laughs> <laughs> this... <laughs> This question comes to us from a, a listener, and it's um, – I, I, I have a feeling that this is a pseudonym that they've signed, um, and, and we're going to go with the pseudonym because I think some, some amount of privacy is, is, is reasonable here. So right. this question comes to us from Oren. Um, Oren asks, hey, guys, in episode four, you gave some great advice to Brad about dental work on a former employee but went on to mention that the situation may in fact change if Brad had had relations with said ex-employee, which got me (laughs) thinking. So I did in fact have relations at one point with a former employee. We were both single at the time, but this was back in like 2003 to 2004. Said former employee still comes to the office and brings her two daughters, no, neither of which are mine. (laughs) We initially extended a 20% discount for her as a former employee, and I guess somewhat as hush money. (laughs) It's 2018 now. The employee in question has been gone for 14 years. At what point, if any, can I cease this discount? At this point, am I in this for the rest of my career? Thanks, Oren. I think he's in it for the rest of his career. (laughs) Do you? (laughs) Okay, I I have the different uh, take, but okay. I mean, so I don't know. Well, part of it is... Simply, God, you should have nipped it in the bud, and and I think we've all been there. Well, where you, you did you it. nip it in the bud with his <laughs> penis fourteen years ago, probably Repeatedly. in the dental chair. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, see, I'm I'm of the type of person. I'm the heartless business person. I, you know, I have no friends. I mean, I even sent my sister to collections. So, all right, we're, yeah. let's, we're gonna go. We're gonna come back to this story shortly because I need to hear this. Oh, do you? Okay. <laughs> but but we need to we need to help Warren here. <laughs> yeah. Before we hit that story. Yeah, I, I I think after 14 years, number one, 20%. Do you give your your people 20% off? Former employees, you mean? Yeah. No, but I haven't slept with any of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe that's the difference. I, I'm 
if I ever give a discount, the most I've I think I've ever gone was like maybe fifteen percent, but more more likely it'd be more like a standard ten. Okay. But twenty percent that that's a shit ton, and then to do it for fourteen years. So I'm I'm assuming, and he doesn't Oren doesn't go into details about what kind of treatment. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing we're talking pretty basic stuff. We're talking probies. Yeah. We're talking yeah fluoride trays, or you know. Propies yeah. for kids, maybe a, a filling here and there. So he, for that, maybe I would be generous. But here's um. the concern, I think. I, you know, I mean, obviously, so Oren was single then. When he when he words it like that, I think that means that he's not single now, right? I mean, no one loves the idea of like airing out their sexual history with their current partner, mm-hmm. um, unless you're like into cuck stuff. Which is a lear- which is a word that I learned from the snarky dentist uh, Facebook page. Uh huh. Who who said cuck? Someone said cuck. Uh, Deanna. Okay, um, we, we need to have her on because I was we do. delighted at that, at that at age thirty eight I had learned a new cuss word. I am a big fan of hers. So, so yeah. <laughs> so unless you're into cuck stuff, like no one's into like rehashing sexual history. So I'm not so worried about Oren's wife or girlfriend or whatever finding out about this what i am worried about is is slightly the staff members finding out that he had slept with somebody who was a staff member at the time and i i don't know why i would be worried about that other than just the sort of like i don't know like i just don't particularly want my staff knowing any of my sexual history yeah, well, number one, they're going to wonder, well, why not me? Yeah, it's like, like Jimmy Kimmel has a joke <laughs> that's something like he grew up Catholic or whatever, and and I guess whatever parish they went to or whatever, like some boys <laughs> had reported, you know, getting molested by, and this is this great fodder for comedy here, um, right. getting molested by the father of that parish or whatever, and Jimmy was actually kind of offended that he wasn't one of the ones molested, <laughs> which is just... <laughs> horribly awful dark humor and i'm not trying to make light of of that type of abuse but yeah i mean it's it's it, it's either that and or like ew that's gross you know um and, yeah. and then they're just scrubbing the chair with cavicide from 14 years ago <laughs> yeah no amount of bleach is gonna get that stain out i'm assuming and i i, I can't only one of us here has had sex with someone in their office um, I'm assuming if you're boinking an assistant, that's happening in the chair, right? You're not taking I, it home. I, I would assume, I think you're probably right, but maybe they wanted to christen each room and, and countertop space. And yeah, Lance, I'm going to ask you an extremely personal question and feel free to not answer this. Okay. You obviously are in a long-term committed relationship with someone who is a in fact, employee or co-owner, however you want to word that. She's under me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Has she, in fact, been under you literally in a dental chair? I will take the fifth. Okay. All right. That's all right, Mark <laughs> Furman. It's okay. I, I will neither confirm nor deny. Okay. All right. No, no, no. I, 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 we, have, we know all we need to know at this point. Okay. So, I, I you know, I think the deal with, with Oren is... You know, if the lady needs a six-unit bridge, then maybe you need to have a discussion with her because that's a, that twenty percent is going to significantly eat into your profitability on that case. For sure. If it's like twenty percent off of twelve dollars of fluoride varnish, like I'm not nearly yeah. as worried about it. Well, and the other thing is, fine, you, you just raise the fee so you can leave <laughs> yeah. the twenty percent off. That's actually a really good idea. 
So you have your um, F list fees schedule, right? So another yeah. dentist may call it their PETA fee schedule, right? Their pain in the ass patient fee schedule. Right, right. You have your F list fee schedule, Oren, and your F list fee schedule is just 20% higher so that you can give a 20% discount and everyone's happy. Exactly. Actually, I did that one time. I had this, this I don't want to sound racist, but I'm gonna. <laughs> the people from China like a deal. They and do. I had this Chinese. Chinese couple in my consult room and it was this big treatment plan and they wanted a discount. And I said, well, I can offer you a 5% account reduction. And they went, no, I want discount. And they kept insisting. It's like the discount was the only word they could, they could pronounce really, really well. <laughs> it's the and, most so, practice. <laughs> and so finally I said, tell you what, I'm going to raise the fee 20% and I'll give you 15% off. And they said, deal. So, okay. I still made up 5% more. Nice. I love that. It, that reminds me of like, you ever hear that deal where like Eskimos have 17 different words for snow or whatever, right? Okay. I don't know if you ever heard that, but that's like Chinese have, have 64 different words for discount, you know, like <laughs> in their I believe language. It. it makes sense. I could, I can see that. T-Bone well, said, I'm going to get a whole bunch of emails now just saying you, uh, you racist bastard. Okay. I why we're it's all in good fun. T Bone says the same thing about about people of his race. Yeah, and he said that like to me personally because I have a patient who shares the last name of T Bone, and oh. uh, I asked him if they were related, and he said no. But that person's a cheap bastard. I can guarantee you. Uh, it turns <laughs> out um, he was uh, pretty accurate in that appraisal. <laughs> Perfect. So tell me about the time you sent your sister to collections. Oh God, I don't. <sighs> I don't think we've got enough time because okay. it's the, it's the kind of thing. If I tell the story just in the, the Cliff Notes version, I am a total asshole. It makes no sense, and you're just okay. A big so, jerk. so we need like a fully fleshed out. Maybe we do yeah. like a bonus episode since we missed one okay. week a couple weeks ago. Maybe yeah. we'll we'll record a bonus episode this weekend. Okay, about the story of Lance sending <laughs> his sister to collections. It's a bitch. Yeah, the best thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Now I do know from from some, um, I may I, I so I may have have met up with your little brother at some point and and shared yes. a um, shared a fermented beverage or two, and, uh-huh. and he may have mentioned to me that you and your sister aren't exactly the best of friends. We're not that close, and honestly, I don't think sending her to collections helped. I would guess that it didn't, <laughs> but I'm assuming it's not like when you sent her to collections like. Oh, you guys were best of friends before that day, and then that day you were dead to her. I have a yeah. feeling there was a little history of something. It did lead up to that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, the best good part, story. The best part about my family is that my brother in law is a dentist, and he's been a dentist for a lot longer than me. Mm-hmm. So all my family still goes to him. So I don't have to oh, worry about it. And so as long as he's going, I'm good. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And then we have a now we have a long-standing rule. Uh friends and family if they call up and want you to come in, we just say, "Look, do you really want to come in because I'd really l- rather be your friend than your dentist and odds are really really good the friendship's going to end." Yeah. <laughs> so, occasionally they say they'll just insist. And we're like, "Okay, fine." And it works out fine. We warned them in advance. And uh but the ones that really were trying to be take advantage of the friendship, we kind of Nip that in the bud, and then they just don't come in, and we can stay friends. I did eight veneers on a really good friend of mine a couple of years ago, 
And the whole idea of it was this guy had he's a good he's a good dude. He had some some diastemas and some microdont sort of deals. Mm-hmm. Sure. And they were pretty evenly distributed. And so I was actually gonna this was when I was um and that's not something I've talked about a ton, but this is when the offer was on the table from Glidewell for me to go and 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 become their clinical director after Mike had left. Uh-huh. And so the whole idea was for me to go in to Glidewell. I was going to bring Hatley out, my buddy, and that was going to be like the first case that I did at Glidewell. You know, I'd already had something lined up to do a no prep veneer case. Okay. And then I ended up not taking the deal at Glidewell. And so now I'd already kind of committed to him to doing these veneers for, for kind of at no charge. And so I kind of talked to him about it. He ended up paying the lab fee on it. So I, it, it wasn't a, yeah. a total bath or whatever. But but <laughs> yeah, we're, we're still good friends. And, and there's, there's, there's no huge issue. And he's an attorney. So that's like a good thing to have, like sort of an attorney owe you one. Sure. So I, I think we're, we're in a, a good place on that. So, uh, yeah, so that's not a bad way to go. As long as... The charity was uh, established in advance. Yeah, and everything's good. It's the where you do something, you're expecting the twenty thousand dollar check, and then it doesn't work out. Nice. Well, so uh, it, it's time for our Reddit question. And and during the the Tara Harden episode, you dropped in a just a super sweet sound effect of uh, of Reddit that I just yes. love. So right here, not to make more work from you, I'm gonna want, I'm gonna have you drop that in like three consecutive times. Okay. Reddit, Reddit, Reddit. There we go. Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> um, so this comes from Reddit user, and for those of you who aren't familiar, Reddit uh, is a is a uh, sort of a social media kind of site that uh, has uh, what they call subreddits or sort of subject based message boards on like any topic under the sun that you can imagine. And so they do have one on dentistry. Most of the time, it's patients asking. Dennis questions, and, and so that's a, a similar thing as what we have today. So this is from Reddit user HeyWorld1993. Uh, <laughs> the title of the post is, Can I drink a six-pack of beer after my wisdom tooth is pulled? Or possibly smoke cigs? I didn't get my wisdom teeth out when they were originally came in. However, I have had trouble with them throughout time, and I've had two of them pulled already. Tomorrow I'm getting the third pulled. I was planning on taking the train to visit my parents and siblings after my tooth is pulled and was planning on getting drunk over there with them. I quit smoking, but will probably also have a few cigs. Will this be okay? It's an upper wisdom tooth on the right side of my mouth, by the way. Lance, is it going to be okay for him to have a six-pack and a few cigarettes after he gets his wisdom tooth out? Oh, sure. Why not? Knock yourself out, dude. The thing I love most about this question is it's not like, oh, man, I'm going to visit my bros, or it's like, oh, big bachelor party this weekend. Right. He's going to visit his parents. He's, he's going to get shit faith with his folks. <laughs> That's interesting at the best. I could see, like, oh, my siblings, uh, you know, like, oh, we, you know, we live in different parts of the country or whatever, and we're fairly close in age, and we're going to get shit faced when we get together, but... Like parents and sit like could you could you imagine like playing beer pong with your old man? Like, <laughs> no, no, weird, no. Right? My my guess is this is the kind of person who has all episodes of Jackass on DVD and, and uh, does reenacts them himself. So he probably won't. Even if he gets a dry socket, he probably won't feel it. He won't care. 
So yeah, yeah. and it's an upper. He did say it's an upper, and I kind of feel like on an upper you can sort of do anything you want, and everything's gonna be fine. Probably. How many upper dry sockets have you seen in your career? I can't think of any. I, almost none. Like, if someone comes in complaining after an upper extraction, I automatically assume they're a pussy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? Like, it kind of goes without saying. It's always the lowers. It's yeah. always the lowers. I, I also love, like, because, you know, you'll have people ask, like, is it okay if I have a glass of wine, you know, or whatever? Like, I love this guy just being like, I'm going to drink a six pack and smoke a few <laughs> cigarettes. Like, I just love yeah. this sort of, like, I'm going to be real honest with you about what I'm going to do. I want to get lit up. Is that cool? Yeah. Like, yeah. At that point, what does it matter? You're going to be lit up. Yeah. You know, don't even bother with any pain meds. You, you, you're doing it yourself. You're managing well. Lance, I think, I think you've hit on a key point. I think I just found, you know, because dentists get blamed as sort of contributing to the opioid epidemic. That's right. I think we just found the cure. Schlitz. A six pack of Natty, of natty Ice <laughs> and like yeah. three Marlboro Reds and you're good. That's, does, can we, it, can it, we distribute that at the office as a little goodie bag on the way out? Here's your six pack and a, in a brown bag, brown paper bag. <laughs> now, as long as you've got that little tissue that kind of flows out of it and it's real decorative, <laughs> yes. then it, it's it inside it your natty ice and marble. Yeah, it totally classes it up. Yeah, yeah, and you can you can color coordinate sort of the tissue paper. You can either do it seasonally or you can do it based on like your logo. You know, so you could do like pink and red now for Valentine's. Oh, uh, this is a practice builder. I think we should write a be. book. I really think it could be. It's the, <laughs> what, 10X your practice? Yeah. So I'm assuming this guy's on the East Coast because he says he's taking the train. So whenever somebody okay. says that, like, I automatically assume they're East yeah. Coasters. Um, yeah. Have you ever seen, like, what it costs to get a tooth extracted in New York City? I have not. It, and, I mean, it's just sort of, like, anecdotal at best, but... Of like a friend who lives in Manhattan who had to get okay. like a upper wisdom tooth removed. It was like, you know, fully erupted, no big deal, like fairly standard extraction. At the very most, it was like a seventy one forty, like a surgical. Sure. It was like four hundred and twenty eight dollars, like for just the extraction. Like the pano was another two twenty five or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it was like seven hundred and fifty dollars in for like a simple extraction, basically. Mm, just like nice. Jesus, man. Like that's insanity. I gotta move. Seriously, seriously, that's crazy. Like, if that's that, like, what is an implant cost up there? Yeah, I, I usually just assume everything's at least one and a half times to two times my fee here in Seattle. If if you're in Manhattan, yeah, so and in, that's in, and I bet your fees are higher than my fees. They could be. They could be. We're routinely in the higher end up here in Seattle. Everything up here is stupid, stupid expensive. Yeah. But that's why every dentist, you get dentists in, in, together in any group, they're all going to lie about their production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the guy from New York, and he'll say his number, you know, I'm, I always assume, well, okay, I got to knock that down by at least 75% to, for reality. And so then I don't feel so bad about myself. So you're telling me if somebody goes on Facebook and says that they're doing like 10 grand a day and they've got this $5 million like mastermind practice, uh-huh. you're telling me maybe he's not doing that much? Maybe not. Odds are good. That's interesting. Like maybe even like, just, what if he writes books about it and stuff? I would. I would. Yeah. I think healthy skepticism is probably a good way to be. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm somewhat jealous of this guy's relationship with his parents. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um. <laughs> my mom was like never my bro. You know what I mean? Like. Like, I don't ever remember, like, I don't even remember ever drinking in front of my mother until it was, like, 
a glass of wine with dinner when I was like 30, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. My, my first time was what, two years ago? So, I mean, yeah, I, I know how it, uh, how it goes to being uh, awkward to be with the folks and, and let your hair down. It reminds me of Johnny Manziel. You remember Johnny Manziel? I am familiar. So, <laughs> Johnny Manziel is, for those of you who aren't familiar, Johnny Manziel uh, won the Heisman Trophy several years ago from Texas A&M University. And I'll preface this story by saying I, I went to the rival school of Texas A&M, so I'm not a huge fan of that institution. Um, gotcha. And I'm especially not a huge fan of, of Johnny Manziel, a.k.a. Johnny Football. <laughs> and, and Johnny's interesting because Johnny, um, you know, g- generally speaking, you have these guys who come in and, and they're great college athletes or whatever, and they win the Heisman. A lot of times those kids come from nothing, right? Like they've never had anything in their life. Right. They, you know, they, they don't. You know, they don't even know, they don't even know their dad, you know, or if they do, he's <laughs> not part of their life or whatever. And Johnny's kind of interesting because he actually comes from a very wealthy family, like extremely wealthy. Oh, really? Yeah, he's kind of from the San Antonio area, just about 40 miles north or so, a little town called Kerrville. He played at Kerrville Tyvee High School. Hmm. And Johnny's dad is a bit of a problem, I would say. So Johnny's dad isn't exactly like a father figure like you and I would traditionally picture as far as like setting a good example and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Johnny's dad is just like a member of his posse. (laughs) So he just like facilitates like all the, all the mess. And so Johnny like sort of won the Heisman kind of out of nowhere. I think he was a freshman. I think he was like a true freshman or redshirt freshman. I think redshirt freshman. First ever Mm. redshirt freshman to win the Heisman trophy. Um, wins the Heisman kind of then gets into some trouble, um, immediately starts like, like the first off season after he wins the Heisman, like getting arrested at bars and DUIs and all that kind of stuff. Plays one more season at Texas A&M, then goes pro. Um, mm-hmm. and like during this, his last season at A&M, he's like suspended for a game or something for like some weird autograph thing. Goes pro. Oh, gets, that's right. Yeah, I remember. Gets drafted by the Cleveland Browns and like immediately flames out and is like videos of him like trashed at Vegas clubs like right before a game or whatever. Um, and it's like, hey, m- maybe your dad shouldn't be in your posse. Like maybe your dad <laughs> should be like up your ass a little bit. I don't yeah, know. maybe. It, 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 it was I- always just an interesting thing to me as far as like parents – it's fine to be. It's fine for your kids to like you and whatnot, but you shouldn't be best friends probably with your kids to that extent where you're like chilling with that's, them at the club. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I've parented. We, my wife and I, decided, yeah, we're 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 your parents. We're not your friends, right? So, and and that yeah. doesn't mean that we don't have a good relationship or we don't get along or we don't want to exactly. have fun with you or whatever. But like, I'm not gonna pour the vodka into the funnel that's going into your butt. (laughs) I'm not going to participate in those kinds of shenanigans with you. At least not on a Thursday night. Right. That's a Saturday (laughs) night. That's that we save that for a Saturday night. Exactly. Activity. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think it's one thing to want to, you know, to want to spend time with your kids and all that kind of stuff. I think it's a completely other thing to like, be a part of them getting shit faced all the time. Like. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can see. You know, I don't think that was in the Doctor Spock book. Yeah, it's a little. So I'm not a parent, so I've never read any of those parenting books. They're all bullshit. I was gonna say, did they help you at all? Fuck no. 
is there anything that helps you is you just su- survive the day, right? I mean, it's just kind of, you yeah, survive the day for 18 plus years. Right, right. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's a battle. Nice. Well, you, they seem to be all successful, so I think you've done a good job. Well, thank you. You got two in college. I'm, you got one, I guess, on the cusp of college. She's almost there, yeah. Jesus, yeah. man. You got to crank just to support that nut. Jesus. Oh my God. Exactly. And we're yeah. not even to wedding times yet. What are you going to do? Oh shit. Um, you got 25 years left. I have told them I will pay them cash money to, to not elope. To elope. Okay. Yeah. The deal is you got to be 30 and you're eloping. I think they need to just start <laughs> dating professional athletes. Or that. We can do that. Because then the professional athlete's like, yeah, I got this. You know, whatever. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. You can get one for Robinson Cano. <laughs> right? That wouldn't be bad because he's, no, he's signed all. like a $160 million contract. Yeah, pretty obscene. Would you rather have as a son-in-law Earl Thomas or Richard Sherman? Uh, probably Earl Thomas. Yeah, I mean, I he's a Texas alum, so I agree yeah. with you on that. Yeah. And I would say Russell Hustle and Bustle, Man Muscle, Wilson, but he's married um, to Ciara or Aaliyah. I can't remember which one. Uh, Ciara. Oh, yeah. I think Aaliyah died. Oh, I think okay. she, didn't Aaliyah die in a plane? One of those two died in a plane crash. Selena or Serena? No, so- Selena got shot. Oh, I thought she was in a plane. No, I don't think so. That was big. That was the big bopper. Would you rather have your daughter married to the big bopper or Richie Valens? It, I, it's got to be Buddy Holly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think on that note we are done. It is way I think too so. late. <laughs> Oh, that is so morbid. I can't wait till your daughters listen to this and then they go look oh, at shit. pictures of Richie Valens and the Big Bopper and uh, Buddy Holly and, and decide and, and look as on horror uh, at Google yeah. images as they figure out which one of them was assigned by their father to marry which. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a chronic disappointment, so it's, it, <laughs> it's fine. Well, Lance, whose turn is it for a song? I don't even remember. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not a huge hip hop rap guy. Uh oh. But the other day, this this popped up on my Pandora, sort of apropos of nothing. I don't. There's not really any hip hop. It's kind of all singer songwritery stuff. And 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 uh-huh. this this song by this kid, uh, Kid Cutie, came on, and I really had not n- known much about this guy. But I, I listened to it and and liked it and sort of shazammed it or whatever, and and then went and listened to some of his stuff on Apple Music and was actually really impressed. He, he, it's it's less rap as he he actually does like sing some and there's some, some music really? some guitar and it's it's he's actually pretty talented guy he he's got a track with Kanye where it's very easy to tell very quickly that he's the more talented one than Kanye <laughs> Kanye's okay. kind of funny but this guy's actually got some musical chops okay. and so this song is called uh, the pursuit of happiness um, by by Kid Cutie, and uh, it, it's 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 pretty decent. I think you should check out some of his stuff. I don't know where you stand on hip hop, but uh, ah, my my kids like it, so I'm I'm around it. Okay, so I, I think you might actually like this because there's actually musical parts to this. There's actually kind of a melody. There's some instrument. It's not just like a synth kind of deal or or a rip off of you know where they're just ripping off the the yeah. you know another song or whatever. Um, okay. So I think you you may like it. So so give it a listen and uh, and see what you think. So uh, okay. Here's a, here's a little uh, pursuit of happiness, which I need to uh, pursue after this week of hell, and uh, we'll get to do, hopefully do that over the weekend. So Lance, um, best of luck, man. Best of luck editing this guy on a short turnaround. <laughs> All right. Thank you much. All right, man. Have a good night. Peace. You too. Take care. 
Crush a bit, little bit, roll it up, take a hit, feeling lit, feeling right, 2 a.m. summer night. I don't care, hand on the wheel, driving drunk, I'm doing my thing, rolling the mid beside and now, living my life, getting out dreams. People told me, slow my road, I'm screaming out, fuck that, I'ma do just what I want, looking ahead, no turning back. If I fall, if I die, no I live the till the fullest, if I fall, if I die, no I live the missing bullets. I'm on the pursuit of happiness and I know. Shine ain't always gonna be gold, hey. I'll be fine once I get it. I'll be good. I'm on the pursuit of happiness, and I know everything will shine ain't always gonna be gold, hey. I'll be fine once I get it. I'll be good. Tell me what you know about.
So much, uh, 